What's going on, everybody? Thanks for checking out this episode of The Show, The Podcast. Be sure to leave a five-star review, and I'll shout you out in the next episode. Do you want even more content? Go ahead and follow me on Twitter at KDJTV611, or follow me on Twitch, subscribe to me on YouTube. The handles are the same. It's KDJTV. But without further ado, I know why you guys are here. Let's go play some ball. Yo, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, the podcast, episode 55. Anybody else remember that uh, weird video that you could see on the internet when you were a child? Um, I think it was called Sh55. That's what episode we're on, episode Sh55. I don't know where you could find it, but if, if you know where you could find it, please tell me, because I'd probably like to... Uh, well, I'm sure I could just Google it to watch it again. But anyway, tell me where it came from, just, you know, to jog my memory. Um, episode 55 is all about Team Affinity 4. Team Affinity 4, huge content drop, massive content drop. By and large, a, a win. By and large, a win. I'd call it like three quarters of a win. You know, not quite all all the way there, definitely not an L. There are individual cards that are enormous L's, and we'll talk about those. But but by and large, Team Infinity 4 is a win. Um, in this episode, we're going to literally, excuse me, review every single card. We're going to review all 30 Team Infinity 4 cards. Uh, I'm then going to tell you who right now out of Team Infinity 4 has made my God Squad, and which other cards were in consideration. Uh, in consideration means uh, they could be bench bats, absolutely could be bench bats, or, you know, they might get a shot in my lineup at some point. Um, but before we get into that, just want to let you guys know, and first of all, thank you. Streams have been electric lately. Uh, September has been great. You guys are taking care of me. I thoroughly appreciate that. We're getting a lot of new friends on the Twitch channel. Uh, I'm going to be streaming Tuesday and Wednesday evening. Um likely between 5.30 and 6 uh, p.m. Eastern start times. Same as my usual start time. So Tuesday night or Wednesday night, if you guys are around, you're bored, you want to listen to me ramble and curse out this video game that's been playing like worse and worse dog shit with every passing day, I'll be live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash kdjtv, uh, 5.30 and 6, somewhere in that ballpark on Tuesday and Wednesday. So with Team Affinity 4, I completed the whole thing already. I was able to complete the whole thing. Without doing a single showdown. I didn't do a single showdown. So, just a quick overview of it. It's 150 points this time around. 50 points more than Team Affinity 3. This is what I did. I, right off the bat, I went to the collection tab. You can get 10 uh, Team Affinity points for collecting 40 Legends and Flashbacks per division. Sounds like a lot. It is the easiest thing to do. If you've passively played the game and sold most of your cards, you'll probably still have 40. So that's a free 10 affinity points. Uh, for the past like month or so, I've been saving up my duplicates, or I've been buying duplicates on the cheap on the companion app. So I knocked out every single uh, exchange. There are four exchanges that total 60 points. So just by doing the collection and the exchanges, you're at 70 points already. And then, 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 
You do all the moments, 3, 6, 9, 12, 15. That's an, uh, 18. It's another 18. No, 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 3, 6, 9, 12, 15. No, sorry, another 15 points just by doing that. Bingo. Very easy. And then the conquest is 45 points. And if you load your lineup with Team Affinity 4 players and complete their missions, you can get even more points while doing the conquest. I didn't do a single showdown, and I have 100% on all the TA4s. The showdowns this, this go-around are easy, granted. They don't take a lot of time, granted. But I just don't like showdown. It's too repetitive. I'd rather honestly do the conquest, get the maps, parallel some guys. That's a key. And, uh, you know, go from there. So 100% on everything. I'm officially over the 1 million stub mark, uh, which I'm very proud of myself for because I usually sell stubs as soon as, or not sell stubs, buy things with my stubs as soon as I get them. So we're in the million stub club. Pat's on my back. Very happy for myself. Um, that money won't last long because I'm going to invest and probably buy cards so I can fill out my binder. But that's that. Let's just jump into TA4. We're going to go by division for my own sanity. And we are going to start with the AL East because that's the first one that comes up. So, future stars Adley Rutschman. We got him, friends. Finally. Finally here. He's a 99. And he looks pretty good. Um, you know, 100 or better contact for both sides. He starts out with 90 power versus right and 98 power versus left, which I thought would be a little higher. It's not bad. Um, you know, his clutch factor is pretty high. 96 field, uh, sorry, 95 fielding, 94 arm, 91 accuracy, 90 reaction, 95 block. Defensively, when you superfractor him, he's going to be max or near max in every category. And his speed actually will get up to a 60. This is a very well-balanced card. Quirks, hitting machine, that doesn't mean anything. Um, quick reflexes, quick reflexes is pretty good. Soft hands, that's good. Vacuum, that's good. Cannon, that's good. Sniper, that's good. He's got all the good defensive quirks. Offensive quirks are just so-so. Adley Rutschman's a good card. He's a good card. He could start for you, absolutely. I'm not a big fan of his swing, but he's a good card. Uh, he is one of the Ws. Wade Boggs. Don't sleep on this man, okay? 99 Silver Slugger Wade Boggs. He's got one of the best swings in the game. It's not close. He is... Absolutely, 100% in the conversation for one of the best swings in the game. He's got 125 contact right, 117 contact left. Both beautiful numbers. 85 power right, 82 power left. I promise you they both play higher. But he has the 80 threshold, so that's important. Um, 85 fielding, so he starts out as a gold, superfractor diamond. He's a primary first base, by the way. Um, his arm is fine, 80. Perfectly fine. Reaction, 80. That's good at third base. 50 speed, not bad. Uh, all of Wade Boggs' value lies in the swing. It's glitchy. It's quick. Um, pitches up and away. He slaps them really hard. Perfect, perfects all day. Uh, Wade Boggs is very good. He's very good. He will be in people's starting lineups, I promise you. Um, absolute W. Now, best card in the program. Probably best card in the game right now. They found a way to make Mickey Mantle better. MVP Mickey Mantle. He's, I have him P2 already, but he starts out with 120 contact right, 125 contact left, 125 power right, 111 power left. Max discipline, max clutch. 
87 in the field, so he will get to diamond. 94 arm, so he will get max arm. 91 accuracy, 88 reaction. He starts out at a 92 speed. To quote Ochev, this man is a demon. Mickey Mantle's disgusting. He's the best player in the game right now. You know, his swing, admittedly, takes a little getting used to. I, I know that. But he's the best card in the game. Unquestionably. And they made him free. If you go after the AL East and Team Affinity 4 first, you can have Mickey Mantle in 10 minutes. They gave you the best card in the game for free and acquirable in 10 minutes. So, thank you, Ramon. Next up, uh, one of the most fat, steamy, chunky L's that SDS has ever shit out. Just a piece of shit of a card, David Price. Um, It's really unfortunate. Because that Wade Boggs that I mentioned earlier could have been a 3,000-hit milestone card for the Rays, and they could have given us something else for, for Boston. Instead, they give us David Price for the Rays. He's not even a legend. And this was supposed to be all legends and future stars. So David Price is here. They could have given us Fred McGriff, too. It's another option. Fred McGriff would have been fine. You know, we always get, <clears throat> excuse me, always get a 98 or 99 McGriff at some point. That could have been now. They decided not to. They said, F you, Rays fans. Here's this dog shit David Price card. So he throws a cutter. Whoopee. I swear it doesn't move. Uh, he throws a two-seam and a four-seam. They're identical velocity, so they're worthless. Change-up's pretty good. Knuckle curve's okay. Like I said, the cutter doesn't move. 90 hits per nine, not good. 99 velocity's fine. But, like, this is a card that, like, was a headliners pack card a month ago. That's the quality of this card in TA4. Giant L. Giant L. Um, and this this card's neither a win or a loss. I've yet to determine. I love John Olerud's swing. People think I'm crazy. He's got a really nice swing. 116 contact right, 91 power right. I mean, that'll play. Truthfully, it will. It's fine. Uh, 100 contact left, 75 power left is not good. It's not good. The 100 contact will play okay because he has a nice swing, but the power's bad. Um... You know, he's going to get max 99 fielding when you superfractor him. 95 reaction at max. He's fine. He's not great. He's interesting. I don't know if we've ever had a 99 Olerud. I know we've had diamonds of him before, but I don't know about 99. Um, you know, Blue Jays fans, cool. Happy for you. Uh, he's going to be great for theme teams. Yankees, Mets, Blue Jays, Mariners, I think he played for. He's played on a handful of teams. Um but John Olerud's not incredible. He's just there. So, that's the AL East. Uh, to the AL Central. These were the worst moments to do. Because there were so many pitchers. Oh, my God. Uh, we're going to start <clears throat> with Cleveland and Bob Feller. And I'd like to quell a lot of the debate that I've been hearing on Bob Feller. Some people think he's great, or will be. Some people think he won't be. He's not going to be good, guys. He's not. He's good for an Indians theme team. That's about it. Sure, he has outlier. Sure, funky delivery. Fantastic. He has 98 hits per nine. It's not good enough. If you play on anything above All-Star, that is not good enough. I promise you. Um, 125 stamina, great. He'll throw 140 pitches. 98 hits per nine, like I said, not good. 125 Ks per nine, of course, it's great. Uh, 99 VLO, 99 break, sure. 48 fielding, not good, but like he's a pitcher, it doesn't matter. Um... And he's got decent pitch differentials. His changeup and his 12-6 are kind of similar in speed. As you parallel him up, 
it might get better. Um, his slider's a little loopy. It's kind of easy to read. I find Bob Feller easy to pick up. The outlier on the fastball, of course, sometimes makes it hard. Depends if your your opponent knows how to spot the ball. But I do not think Bob Feller is good. I, I was so excited for this card because Bob Feller in the past has been notoriously hard to get. Last year, I think he was a BR reward. Um, I was happy to get a free one. <clears throat> I don't know what's wrong with my voice. Excuse me. I was happy to get a free one, but uh, this, this one ain't it. It ain't it, guys. Um, next up, MVP Frank Thomas. You can make a case that he's a top three card released in this program. He starts out with 120 contact right, which, of course, parallels to Max. 125 contact left, 125 power right, 125 power left. He's an absolute monstrosity at the plate. Uh, 91 clutch, fine. 99 durability, doesn't even matter. Uh, 58 fielding. So in past years, or sorry, 57 fielding. I have MP1 right now. Uh, 57 fielding. In the past, Frank Thomas's fielding has been great no matter what. And I don't mean attribute-wise. I mean just they. he's a common defender who stops and catches everything. I think it's just because he's a big body. I've seen him make some really shitty plays this year. So uh, I caution you if you use Frank Thomas, of course... The hitting hitting attributes are tantalizing. They're beautiful. They're great. They're fat. Um, he he might still be a liability in the field, though. I don't know if he's going to stop everything like he used to. Um, Frank Thomas this is a good card, though. His swing, like many, takes some getting used to. If you're good with it, use him. If not, give him a try. Work into him. See if you can get him to work. If not, there's plenty of other options, especially at first base. Um, next. Uh, uh, I don't know if it's an L necessarily, but it's a dumb card. Uh, Hal Newhauser, triple crown for pitchers. He's a 99 instead of a 98. Like last year, sure, whatever. He tweaked, uh, they tweaked his delivery so it's easier to pick up, I think. I think the ball, is, you could see it earlier coming out of his hand. Um, four seam sl- uh, sweeping curve, change up slider, two seam. He's got no good pitches. Um, his fastball gets up there, two seams suck. The changeup probably is his best pitch because it is so much slower and pretty deceptive, but he's, he's not good. 125 stamina is nice. 100 hits per nine, not big enough. Um, 99 break, 95 velo, 84 control. He's a little bit of a wild card. Uh, it, it's it's a fine card. It's, uh, I don't want to call it an L because like we knew we were getting it, and it's as good as that card could possibly be, but it, it's not my favorite card. Um Next up for the Royals, no-hitter Brett Saberhagen. He's only an L because his pitch mix. Four-seam change-up curve slider. It's all he throws. He's got the Joe Random pitches. His attributes look pretty good, though. Not going to lie. 112 stamina, 116 hits per nine, which is better than better than Pedro Martinez. Um, better than the collection reward Clayton Kershaw. Uh, better than the milestone Max Scherzer they released today. Just want to point all those things out. Uh, but 116 hits per nine. It's good. 94 walk per nine. 93 control. He's not going to walk people. Uh, 94 break is good. 76 velo is rough. That's really bad. Uh, so his fastball is going to top it like 95, 96. It's not fast enough. Um, and his fielding doesn't really matter. I mean, he might be a fun card to mess around with. I believe he also played on a handful of teams in his career. You can, it's good for theme teams. Um Again, it's only an L because of his pitch mix. If you give me these attributes on a guy that throws a cutter or a sinker, a little more usable. Again, the velo is still rough. It's hard to get past. 
Outlier is kind of just meta. It's the name of the game right now. But if Brett Saberhagen threw stuff that was not a four-seam changeup curve and slider, maybe a different opinion on him. And I think that's, I think that's a fair assessment. Um, finally, Walter Johnson for the Twins. Four-seam sinker curve changeup. His four-seam and sinker both have outlier. Some people think that might hurt him. I actually don't know. Uh, the jury's still out. Um, 125 stamina. 103 hits per nine is very low. Um, 97 control, which is dumb, because the second you parallel him... or Sorry, 96 control. Dumb. He's going to have great control. 90. Uh, he's got max velo, max break. This, this card's going to have max in everything that matters. Um, the problem is... He doesn't really have a right-to-left moving pitch. The curveball kind of does, but it's more of an up-and-down as opposed to a right-to-left. Um, it would be nice if maybe the change was a circle change, just to get a little tail as well instead of just the dip. Um, they tweaked his delivery. It's actually a little bit faster. Still on the slower side, don't get me wrong, but it's faster. Um, I, I actually traditionally kind of like Walter Johnson cards. I just think he's hard to pick up because you don't see his, his delivery a ton. Um, not gonna lie, I might mess around with him. So he, I, I, again, he's in between that win and win and L, but because he's marginally usable, I'm just gonna call him a W uh, for for this one. Um, finally, we're gonna go AL West or AL West. Um, we start with McGunsky's favorite player, third leg, Craig. Craig Biggio's back, three thousand hit club milestone card. Um, I really, really want to like Craig. Catcher secondary, left and center field eligibility. He's a second base primary. It's funny that he can't play right as a secondary, but you know you could, you might be able to fuck around with him out there. Um, he starts out 115 and 116 against right and left with the contacts. 81 power right, 82 power left. Meets the thresholds, you know, just barely. Um, 88 fielding, so he's going to be a diamond. 80 arm, which is good, especially if you do feel the need to put him in the outfield. I don't know why you would, but it's good to actually behind the dish. Uh, 87 reactions, fine. 85 speed, that's good. He's going to be very good on the bases. Um, I just... Craig always swings a noodle for me. And I know that's not the case for everybody. I know Gunsky rakes with him. I've seen plenty of other people rake with him. I know people who rake with him. I just don't think uh, Biggio's my cup of tea. Again, great attributes, though. And a lot of people do succeed with him. So I, I'm i committed to at least giving him a shot a little bit. I'm not going to run with him full time. I, truth be told, really like Joe Morgan right now at second base. I've, I've talked about it on here before. It gives me that additional lefty in the lineup. Um, so I don't know. But Craig Biggio is a good card. All right, It's just my personal preference is the swing. And again, at the end of the day, everyone's personal preference should be what matters most here. Um, next up is an L and I hate saying it because I love Jim Edmonds, but they hoed this man with a 98. Um, Jim Edmonds and David Price are the only ones in this program, or team affinity season, whatever you want to call it, who are not 99s. David Price, I get. Jim Edmonds, F that. He should have been a 99. Um, His stats against lefties suck. They gave him a SIG series for when he was on the Angels. Uh, I'd have to go back and look at the stats, but I would think his Cardinals days, his peak Cardinals days are probably even better. Um... He'll, he'll be a max fielder in center field, but he only has 64 speed, so you could never play him in center field. Um, at best, 
at best, absolute best. If you rake with Jim Edmonds' cards, he's a bench bat against right-handed pitching. But there are so many better left-handed bats to have off your bench right now. Um, and I hate that because Jim Edmonds, truth, honestly, 100% was one of my favorite players growing up. I loved the way he played the outfield. I loved his swing. He was always a clutch player. Uh, this card, unfortunately, is just an L, though. It's Again, this is all my opinion, guys, but I'm just, it's an L, I think. Um, this, this card is probably top five right now in the program, top six, five, six, uh, six-ish, probably top six. Uh, Jason Giambi, MVP with the A's from 2000. His swing is so nice, so nice. Uh, 118 contact right, 111 contact left, which is a surprisingly nice number. Uh, because at the end of his career, the man couldn't hit lefties at all. 125 power right, he's max. 80 power left, it's low. It doesn't matter. His swing is that nice, and if he squares it up, it's it's got exit velo. So don't worry about that. Um, 71 fielding, not great, but surprisingly, he'll get up to a silver. Um, 37 speeds, whatever. Reaction time is 65. You don't really care so much at first base. Uh, you know... You can make the argument that he's the best first baseman dropped in this program. You can argue because of his swing and because his fielding's a little better, he's better than Frank Thomas. I also would understand if you think I'm a lunatic for saying that. But, you know, truth be told, he's a very good card. And we have to, you know, acknowledge that swings play a factor in this. Um, and Giambi's swing is pretty quick, and he's a normal height. Frank Thomas is tall, stands straight up in the batter's box, so it's a big-ass strike zone, and his bat is really slow. Now, when you square it up with Frank Thomas, it's going somewhere. But Jason Giambi is quick to the ball, covers the plate well, um, and again, is, is 6'3", which is like a pretty reasonable height. So Jason Giambi is very good. Uh, next card. He's a W, not one I think you're going to see a ton, but he's a W. Uh, 99, future stars Julio Rodriguez. Sick card. Sick card. Um, he's over 100 on all the hitting attributes. That's important. 90 in the field, 97 arm, 94 accuracy, 88 reaction, 67 speed. It's a well-rounded card. He'll probably be successful through Hall of Fame. On Legend, the PCI, I think it's going to be a little too small. It's a good card, though, and he's got a nice sweet swing. So, uh, Serenity, I know you're happy that Julio Rodriguez is here with a 99. It's, uh, it's, it's a good card. Very good card. Finally, um, this looks like the best Pudge Rodriguez card we've ever gotten. It's a SIG series. Uh, he starts out 110 contact right, 119 contact left, 86-88 on the powers. Those are good numbers. Um, fielding, I mean, he starts out 96 fielding, 99 arm, 96 accuracy, uh, 80 reaction, they hold him, I think. That's a little low. Uh, 90 blocking, I think that's also a little low for arguably the best defensive catcher of all time. Uh, but he's also a 72 speed. You're not going to get a lot of catchers with that those type of wheels. Quirks. Um, cannon, vacuum, soft hands, sniper, and pop time. So you aren't going to have people stealing bases against him. Uh, so he's a, he's a W in that he's the best pudge we've had. That said, the jury is still out on how I grade him because traditionally Pudge swings are fucking awful. Just awful. So I'm not sure where we stand yet, but it's a, it's a beefy-looking card. On paper, it's, it's beefy. 
Uh, guys, we're going to take a quick old break here and hear from our friends of the show. And, of course, we will dive into the National League. As always, Thrive Fantasy is here. I'm excited to be working with Thrive Fantasy. It's a daily fantasy sports app based around player props. Thrive Fantasy has eliminated the need to do countless hours of research like those other apps because it only asks you about the top-tier athletes in a respective sport. To play MLB games or NFL games, NFL's back, on Thrive Fantasy, choose five out of the ten player prop options to build your lineup. Uh, While we're talking about NFL, fuck the New York Giants, by the way. They're my favorite team and they suck. Thank you. Uh, Each prop has a fantasy point total associated with the over or under based on how likely it is to occur. The more points a selection is worth, the riskier it is. Rack up the most points possible and you could win a share of the prize pool. If you're looking to play games and make money, potentially, during your favorite sports season, use promo code the show the pod when you sign up for Thrive Fantasy and you'll receive an instant $20 bonus on your first deposit of 20 or more. Download Thrive Fantasy on the App Store or Play Store or by going online to www.thrivefantasy.com. Sign up and prop up today. Next is Dugout Creative, our good friends at Dugout Creative. Uh, just the best merch around for uh, people you're a fan of who stream for your favorite cities that also have sports teams. Uh, at Dugout Creative, you can find super soft, super vibrant shirts, hoodies, short sleeve hoodies that just help you show your fandom and love for the game and, like I said, love for your favorite content creators. At dugoutcreative.com, that's the website they have, you can use promo code KDJTV and get 15% off the entire order. If you use code KDJTV, 15% off your entire order at dugoutcreative.com. Dugout Creative, be curious and be adaptable because athletes adjust. I added that part at the end. Um, finally, our newest friend of the show, you heard about him last week, and I love individually their hydration formula. Fantastic. It's Rogue Energy. Rogue Energy is specifically designed for gamers, athletes, many people, students, entrepreneurs, people with hectic schedules like myself, individuals with low energy like myself, people who are health conscious, not necessarily me, and so much more. It's great as both a pre-workout or as a coffee and energy drink replacement. Rogue Energy was designed to be the greatest gaming drink on the planet. Rogue Energy strives to improve the in-game performance of gamers and streamers everywhere. It's the only gaming drink company in the world with four unique product lines to suit whatever task you have at hand. The low-calorie, no-sugar energy formula is the perfect alternative to sugar-filled canned energy drinks and sodas. The extreme formula provides the most energy focus... Um, energy infos, excuse me, that a sports um, drink can have, hands down. The hydration line, which I just mentioned, offers focus ingredients without the added caffeine. And the one I have, uh, it's next to me, um, dragon fruit mango is literally the best tasting gaming powder I've ever had. That's not an exaggeration. It's it's amazing. Um, the best part, oh, they also have the, the shake formula, excuse me. I'm skipping my read here. Uh, shake formula is delicious zero-calorie energy milkshake little thicker with the three C's. Um, every formula, though, that Rogue produces is designed with optimal levels of high-quality ingredients. You will not find a powdered gaming drink that dissolves better. That's fact. This is not like some of those other energy drinks, the very popular ones that a lot of people have promo codes for. Uh, Rogue Energy, you shake it, the powder's gone. There's no powder left at the bottom. That chalky taste doesn't exist. Chalky texture doesn't exist. And the taste is is phenomenal. If you want to try the best gaming energy drink on the market, no cap, go to RogueEnergy.com. Use the coupon code KDJTV for 10% off your entire order. Rogue Energy. It's the world's most delicious gaming drink. So, let us go 
to the NL East. We're going to try to go through these a little faster because I think we took a while in the, in the top half there. Uh, Eddie Matthews, Kev, uh, Kevin G.O.D.'s favorite. The best thing about this card is that when he hits a home run, he helicopters the bat into the dugout. That's it. His I don't like his swing. He's strictly a bench bat against right-handed pitchers. Um, he has 81 contact versus left, making him virtually unplayable on anything beyond All-Star. So, not a good card. Gary Sheffield, great hitting stats. 65 fielding, primary right field. If you're a lunatic, sure, probably better suited for third base. He also has shortstop as a secondary, so I'd love to meet the, the person who plays him there. Um, I don't know what to think of this card. I really struggled using him when I was trying to do some missions. Um, I swing feels different. I could be wrong. I, the jury's out. Some people really like Sheffield, and those people, power to you, use him all you want. He's on my all-time Yankees team right now. I just, I don't love him personally. Uh, 99, Tom Seaver, milestone from his 19 strikeout game. Four-seam slider, sinker, 12-6 changeup. They messed with his delivery as well. Uh, 99 hits per nine, simply put, is not good enough for one of the best pitchers of all time. One of the best right-handed pitchers of all time. He's got 99 hits per nine. Um, and this is from his 19 strikeout game, which would lead me to believe he was hard to hit. Right? Did, right? I, I think that's how it works. Um, 88 control, that's not great. I mean, it's good, it's not great. 86 velos, not enough. 97 break is obviously elite. Um, this card's not doing it for me. I'm upset about it because I was I was excited for Tom Seaver this year. Uh, we could have a whole college course on how many ways they fucked Jimmy Rollins. So 2007 MVP Jimmy Rollins had 30 home runs that year, a fuck ton of doubles, like 20 triples. They gave him 81 power right and 82 power left. And I don't know how many which ways to Sunday you could fuck a guy without permission. But Jesus Christ, they, I was, I'm really upset because I like Jimmy Rollins' cards. Last year, I was one of the few people who kept using them. This card sucks. It's terrible. 93 contact right ain't even good. 111 contact left will play. That's the only hitting stat he has that'll play. He's 92 in the field, 94 arm. He's an elite fielder. 93 speed, 95 steel, elite on the bases, but that's it. He's a pinch runner or like a late game defensive replacement. And in the infield and in ranked seasons, you hardly ever see late game defensive replacements. The only time I, I do it's in the outfield. So this card is a fat, obese, only in America obese type of L. And it hurts because that card should have been absolutely incredible. Finally, Gary Carter. He's terrible. We don't need to talk about it. Rest in peace, Gary Carter. I know he's a fan favorite catcher. Uh, I know people like him. Uh, no one has ever liked Gary Carter's swing, however. This card is trash. Don't even bother looking at it. Just get it put in your collections. By and large, the entire NL East is an L. And the entire division is an L. And that sucks. Um, but we're going to move right along to happier times in the NL Central. We start with, oh, no, actually, all right, most of this is an L2. I lied, sorry. Uh, we're going to start with 99 Greg Maddox. So the Milestone series was great on the surface, terrible for career achievements. Milestone is very good for individual game performances because you can beef up un stats to unrealistic levels <clears throat> to mirror that game. What do I mean by that? 
Al Leiter threw a no-hitter and has 118 hits per night. Justin Verlander threw a no-hitter and has got 125 hits per night. Both of those pitchers are great pitchers, but let's be honest with ourselves, those are elite, unimaginable numbers because it's representative of that game. Milestone series for the career often means that the player is reaching the milestone at the tail end of the career when stats have diminished. So, 300 win club Greg Maddox, sure, sinker, circle, cutter, four-seam curveball, great pitch mix, pinpoint, phenomenal, he's got 97, uh, 96 control, excuse me. He has 66 velo. He barely touches 92. And I know everything seems fast on legend. Trust me, I, I've played on it, I get it. But couple his terrible velocity with 101, or excuse me, 100 even hits per nine, and he is, a, he is an L. And it sucks, because Greg Maddox, first of all, Greg Maddox being a Cubs card is ridiculous. Even though, it, it, never mind, it's ridiculous, not even even though. Secondly, they made him unusable. unusable. So, Greg Maddox, my humble opinion, an L. Sorry. Next, Barry Larkin. This is probably the best Barry Larkin we've ever seen. He starts out with an even 100 on contact right, contact left, power right. Power left, 114. He's, he's going to be a big boy bat against lefties. 87 in the field, elite fielder. He will get diamond. 91 speed, 90 steal, elite base runner. 35 bunt, though. God, I'm just kidding. Um, you know, yeah, it's the best Barry Larkin we've gotten. His swing, traditionally, always sucked a, uh, sucked a butt. Um, not my cup of tea. I'm not going to call it an L, though, because swings are pre- uh, all preference. This swing is not my preference, but these attributes are great. So it's between win and L for me. Just not my favorite swing, so not my favorite card. But if you're a Larkin fan and you like and you love his swings, like if last year you rigged with Larkin, you're going to do even better with this one. Promise. Next up, fuck, I don't even know why he's in the game. Paul Molitor, no one uses him. We're not even going to talk about him. He's a signature series waste for the Brewers. We're moving on. He's an absolute fucking waste. He's an atrocity of a card. Uh, Hannes Wagner, top top four, top three card released in TA4. Primary shortstop who also plays first, second, third, and left. Again, I don't get why he can't also play right field, but whatever. Um, 116 contact right, 125 contact left, 89 power right, 90 power left. Both of those powers play up uh, because of his swing. 99 bunt, 99 drag bunt. If you're if you're going to cheese people, you can do it. Um, 90 in the field, 90 arm. So when you super fracture him, he will be diamond at every single position you can play him. And he'll also, at super fracture, have perfect 99 speed, 99 steel, 99 aggressiveness. This card is essentially max everywhere. Except the power. So, I mean, just a phenomenal card. Just, just a phenomenal card. Phenomenal card. Um, traditionally, I have not liked Hannes Wagner swings, but just just a phenomenal card. Bob Gibson is here. Four seam slider, sinker, curveball, changeup. The sinker is your way to success with Bob Gibson because it moves a ton. He's got 99 break. Starts out with 96 velo as well, so that's good. Uh, 125 stamina because he threw 13 shutouts in 1968, so we went deep into games. 107 hits per nine is, again, not phenomenal, but at least it's better than some of the other ones we've seen. I think he's the best starter in TA4. It's between him and Walter Johnson. It's pretty close. As far as quirks go, he really doesn't have anything great here. He throws an extremely effective breaking ball, whatever the fuck that means. 
Uh, it's it's a fine card. It, it's a fine card. It, there's nothing nothing necessarily wrong with it. Um, it's not an instant lock for rotations. I don't think it's a top five starter in the game. But if you I've always liked Bob Gibson cards. This is a good this is a good card. Finally, NL West in our sprint through Major League Baseball. Um, pretty good cards in this one. I mean, not across the board, but pretty good. We start out with the Diamondbacks, 50 home run club milestone, Luis Gonzalez. Such a pretty, pretty swing. 114 contact right, 105 contact left. That 105 will play just fine. 125 power right, so he's going to be a great pinch hitter off the bench. 118 power left is also very good. 78 in the field, so he actually will get up to gold at parallel 2. 54 speed, he's going to be slower than Dick. Uh, 75 reaction is actually kind of not good, but he's a primary left fielder, and that's your weakest fielder generally on the field anyway. Um, I mean, this, this is a card that's going to start for people. Like, it's good. It's very, very good. So, the best Luis Gonzalez we've ever gotten. Uh, Vinny Castilla, new legend. Now, his his stats or his attributes across the board don't scream at you. Third baseman with a primary short, uh, secondary shortstop, rather. He's 109 against uh, lefties and righties for contact. 111 power right, 102 power left. You know, good. Uh, 80 in the field. So, fine. 88 arm, that's good. 84 accuracy is fine. 85 reaction gets up to a 90. 51 speed, so he won't completely clog the bases. Uh, Castilla's value lies in his swing. He's got a very nice, clean swing. Nice, clean swing. And we got a surprise new legend dropped on us on Friday in Vinny Castilla, so that's fun too. I call it a win just because we got a new legend in the game, and he's not the worst card you've ever seen. Like, you could have fun with this card, absolutely. You know, he's a decent shortstop even, 75 in the field. You prefer better, but, like, you could run him out there if you wanted to. So, by no means the best card, but not a bad one either, Vinny Castilla. Uh, Duke Snyder, fucking terrible. 99 prime? I think he's the only prime in this set. Um, he's a strict pinch hitter off the bench against right-handed pitching. 116 contact right, 114 power right. He is 94 contact left and 77 power left. He sucks. In the field, he will get up to a diamond in center field in his primary. That being said, he's only a 72 speed, max 77 speed, not enough to play center field. It's not. You need to have speed in center field this year. So Duke is a, is an L. It's not good. Uh, Trevor Hoffman, 97 Oh, I said before that Price and Edmonds were the only not 99s. I apologize. Hoffman is, is a 97 as well. But he's a reliever, so I, I you know I consider that different. Um, circle change, four-seam cutter, slider, curveball. Throws very slow. Very slow. But I think that's where his value lies. Like with Greg Maddox throwing slow, that's not good. Because ideally you want Maddox in there for six, seven innings. Trevor Hoffman, after you use an outlier pitcher... He comes in and throws his 73-mile-an-hour circle change. You're going to get some dudes flailing at the ball. Um, 112 hits per nine is pretty good for a reliever. You'd prefer it to be higher, but it's not bad. 89 control is good. 99 break is great. I mean, a useful card. He'll be in bullpens, and I won't judge people. Like It's a good card. Finally, future star Marco Luciano, or Luciano. I don't know which way we say his name. I might have just Italianed it for no reason. Primary shortstop, secondary third. It's fine. We don't really need to go too much into it. Some people like his swing. I know his prospect card earlier in the year was uh, a card everybody liked. He's just fine. He's, he's, there's nothing to write home about here. He's pretty average across the board. He will. He should not, anyway, be on anything more than like BR teams or theme teams or events. That's it. 
Finally, how do we determine which cards we're actually going to use? You heard me rant, and you heard me grade, so to speak, these cards. But let's, let's look at my God Squad, and let's see who made my God Squad, who I thought about using, um, and who just simply fucking did not make the cut, which is unfortunately a vast majority of them. Um, so, as my team stands now, the only Team Affinity 4 hitters to make my God Squad are Mickey Mantle in center field. There was no thought behind that. He instantly went into center field. It was not a question. And Frank Thomas is at first base. With the caveat being, this is a trial run. Like I said, his swing can take some getting used to. I have plenty of other options there if I don't like them. I can go back to David Ortiz. Go back to Eddie Murray. Jason Giambi. The new one, like I said, is very good. Don't make fun of me. Um, so right now my God Squad is... We'll go down the lineup, I guess. Mickey Mantle's leading off in center. Mookie Betts has now shifted from center field to second base. So Joe Morgan is actually out of the lineup because you can't take Mookie out. Uh, Vladimir Guerrero's in right field. He's disgusting. Frank Thomas at first. Schwarber is still my catcher. I love Kyle Schwarber. He's catching, hitting fifth. Chipper Jones, this is the lowest he's hit in my lineup. He's hitting sixth just to, uh, you know, if a lefty comes in for Schwarber. I have Chipper there ready to back him up. Um, I love Milestone Matt Kemp. I really do. I love him. So he's my left fielder. I don't think you can play him in center. His reaction is really bad. But in left field, he's just fine. Um, he's great. So he's my seven hitter. He also hits lefties well just in case that, that lefty comes in for Schwarber. And then hitting eighth at shortstop, I'm rolling with Wander Franco. That card's not leaving my lineup for a long time. That card is really consistent. On the bench is Larry Walker and Juan Soto for when righties are on the mound. Um, Alex Bregman, the headliner, and Salvador Perez when a lefty's on the mound. And Trey Turner for speed, or if a lefty's on the mound, or really whatever, because his swing is just very good. Um, and then the pitching staff. I did not add any TA4 pitchers to my team. My starting rotation is DeGrom. Felix Hernandez, Justin Verlander, Al Leiter, and the Clayton Kershaw. Clayton Kershaw is my fifth man. He is my trial run. A lot of options here for your fifth. You can use Nolan Ryan. You can use Shohei. Some people like Lefty Grove. The new Max Scherzer came out today. is a little disappointing, but you could use him. So those are all options. And then the bullpen, no TA4. I did not add Trevor Hoffman. They use tops now, Garrett Richards, which is low-key filthy. Zach Britton, Chapman, Andrew Miller, Devin Williams, uh, the 97 player of the month, Gossage, Kenley, and Moe. So what's what's to make of the other uh, cards that I said were Ws? So I have them in like an also-considered category, or I'm a willing-to-try category, or it could just be like useful-on-the-bench category. You know, we can call it any one of those things. So Adley Rutschman, he is an endgame catcher. He's not the end game catcher. I don't know if we have the end game catcher. I don't know if we'll ever have the end game catcher, so to speak. You know, um, catcher's always been a position where it's all about preference. Piazza, Schwarber, Grandal, uh, Adley, Craig Biggio, I guess. Any other name that I'm missing, probably. Um, so Adley is good. Wade Boggs. If I ever want to take a break from Chipper and get the guaranteed lefty in the lineup, I go Wade Box. I love that card. He's great off the bench, too. He's a good pinch hitter. No joke. Uh, so Wade Box is good, as I said. Uh, Walter Johnson. I might give him a go in the rotation if I don't like like Kershaw. I do, you guys might think I'm weird. I told you I like Walter Johnson. 
Uh, Craig Biggio is in the running to play some second base, probably. Like, if Matt Kemp slumps and I want to put Mookie Betts in left field, it's either Joe Morgan or Craig Biggio at second base. So he's a card people will use. Not a bad card. Uh, like I said, again, Giambi could find himself at first base pretty soon. He could find himself on the bench pretty soon. He's a real card. Uh, Pudge is in that endgame catcher conversation. So, by all means, you want to use him, use him. Uh, Luis Gonzalez could start in left field for me right now to get the guaranteed lefty bat in the lineup. It's in his primary. He's got good splits. Um, preference right now is just Matt Kemp's swing, really what it comes down to, and his speed. His speed is very, very good. Um, Vinny Castilla. You might think I'm weird for saying that. He's got a nice swing. I, I, like I, He's got a nice swing. I don't know what else to say. So Vinny Castilla is a good card. Uh, Trevor Hoffman, you know, bullpen is so volatile. If I start struggling with someone, Hoffman could very easily get a bump in the, in the bullpen. Probably as more of an early innings or blowout game type of reliever. I don't know if I trust him in a close game, but he could find his way in there. Uh, and lastly, Hannes Wagner. Oh, Bob Gibson as well. Sorry, Bob Gibson, uh, as I mentioned, good sinker. But Hannes Wagner, I don't know. If for some reason <laughs> I start struggling with Wander Franco, I might use Hannes Wagner. I don't really like Francisco Lindor, so that signature series is not for me. But the Hannes Wagner is good. So def- and he's a second-base option, too. The guy can play almost anywhere. Um, so, guys, this, this has been my pretty – I mean, this has been a long episode, actually, without a guest, but – has been my deep dive on TA4. I try to be really honest with you guys. I don't, you know, I don't just say shit. I've played this game a lot. I've played this game for a long time. I've used pretty much every single card in this game at some point in the past several years. So this is just speaking from experience. Um, But again, when it comes to hitters, it's all preference. If you hit well with somebody, F what everybody else says. Use that card. With pitchers, it's a little different. You do kind of have to be a little more meta with pitchers. Um, you should, at all times, try to do, uh, try to use rather the pitchers who have sinker cutter, the pitchers who have outlier, the pitchers who with pinpoint are very good. Uh, it's harder to be preferential with pitchers, but at the same time, you can just tell me to go f myself and and use the pitchers you want to use anyway. Um, but TA four, by and large, a W. Like I said, handful of L's in there. Some pretty egregious, like that Jimmy Rollins that makes me want to write to my senator. Um, but we're probably going to get a TA5 with Finest at some point. We're probably going to get another big collection at some point. The hits, they keep on coming and they don't stop coming. I believe Smash Mouth said that. So there will be more cards to use, more cards to review, more of this game to play. Even as the gameplay gets worse, the content keeps getting better, so it'll keep me coming back for more. Um... As I hope you do. I hope you guys come back next week, episode 56 of the show, the podcast. Who knows what it'll be about, but it'll be me and a microphone. Um, That should be like the name of my autobiography, me and a microphone. Uh, But thank you guys for listening. Again, Tuesday night, Wednesday night, catch me on Twitch, twitch.tv slash kdjtv. It is September. Thank you, thank you. So if you want to support your boy, now's the best time to do it. I really appreciate everyone who shows up. I appreciate everyone who listens. And uh, hope you guys all have a fantastic week. See you guys next time. Talk to you next week.